0: Good afternoon, you might be looking at the PowerPoint behind me and thinking that um, that it 's the wrong one, but we are actually continuing with uh, what we kind of went through this morning and uh, and so uh, I thought about changing it, but I didn't. I, I just left it the same, and I wanted to do that. Um, but I'm very excited to get to continue to talk about this topic that, uh, that we have been looking at early this morning. And of course, uh, we'll kind of continue into that together. So when I was about 11 years old, uh, I, I have a, a memory from that time um, that, for the longest time, I've always been like, oh, I'll definitely never share this story because it, I, feel, I just feel so bad about it. And, and I'll be honest, as I look back to my life, and maybe as you look back to your life as well, there's a lot of times where, where I can look back and, of course, I remember this specific thing that I'm, you know, any different... Uh, instance very vividly. I can remember every detail of, you know, that particular thing that took place because it was a moment where I absolutely hated how I acted or what I did or what I said, and and it has just continued to, to kind of stick with me. And obviously, I feel like if at this point, you know, if you haven't heard me before, then you might not know this, but if, if you know, if this is the 50th time that you've heard me talk and you know that I have a lot of stories about myself and there's a lot of times that I remember from back when I was younger that I'm, you know, even kind of looking back at it, I'm just kind of like, what was I, you know, what was I thinking? What was I doing? And, uh, and this is one of those times uh, where we had just been at, uh, we just been at church that morning and then we went home. Uh, my, all, you know, my family and I, and uh, again, I was about eleven, and we were watching a movie, and uh, it was not, it was not the greatest movie. Um, it was one of those, and maybe this relates, maybe you relate to this, maybe you're just like, no, this is not our, uh, but it was one of those movies where. The language wasn't bad enough to where my parents felt the need to, to change it, but it was bad enough to where my parents felt the need that every time something was said, they would go, Oh, that's not a good word. Don't, you know, don't say that. Don't, we don't do that. Uh, it was one of those kind of situations where we ended up just kind of watching through it, but very carefully, kind of wondering how good or bad this movie is going to be. And so we watched through this, this whole movie and, of course, you know, I didn't think it was going to have any effect on me and and you know nothing like that really I feel like had, but after that, of course, the afternoon is over with and and we watch this movie, and then it's time for us to go back to to service for the evening and so we go to service and then uh, and then after that we're going we go back into the the back of the church building, the fellowship hall, and of course, I'm playing with all the kids, and basically. I get into uh, an argument with somebody, you already know where this is going, and, uh, and I end up using a word that I had learned uh, from that movie. And the second it came from my mouth, I, uh, I started crying. I'll, I'll be honest. I started crying, and I felt so bad, and I ran into the bathroom, and I was just... I was just crying, and I was like, "I can't believe I just did that." And you know, and I even—I remember even being like, "It's worse because I did it at church. Like I did it in God's house," and and I felt so bad about what I had done. And even a few minutes later, I, I went and I found my mom, and I just remember running up to my mom crying, and I go, "Mom, I said a bad word," and and I just felt so bad about that situation. And it's funny, but I can remember like literally every detail of that happening. But I believe that that happening, especially during the time that it did and how kind of traumatic it was for me at that time, I feel like that's really stuck with me and and kind of has continued to kind of be something that's that's helped kind of guide me where I'm not really going to be susceptible to doing something like that as I continue to grow up. Uh, But I remember multiple times like this where maybe it's not me saying something that I shouldn't have uh, in terms of a word that I shouldn't use, but maybe just saying something in general. Um, I remember another time when I was in high school, uh, I, I remember being in the bleachers at a football game and talking to these people, uh, some friends of mine, and just choosing to, to be just completely rude toward another person and talk negatively about this person and then about three or four minutes into the conversation, I realized that person I was talking about was literally standing right in front of me, hearing everything, and I had basically said all these bad things about this person, and I felt so terrible, you know, later on, I, I ended up pulling them aside and just saying, I, I, I'm sorry, I, there's, there's no excuse for what I did, I feel terrible about this. And, and that's yet another instance where I just see myself making such a big mistake, and and understanding that that's not the way that I, that I need to live my life. That's not the way that I need to allow myself to, to use the words that, that I have. And so looking back throughout my life, I can see all these different instances. And I still think back and, and I feel terrible about these times when, when I let my emotions determine my words. The times that I allowed the emotions that I felt to be what dictates what comes out of my mouth instead of my logic, instead of my own thoughts, instead of my own uh, you know, processing through everything and just allowing emotion to be in control and allowing it to, well, really set a fire. I want to return back to the book of James. If you still have your Bibles with you this afternoon, uh, if you'll go back to James chapter 3... Uh, we of course uh, started looking through this passage in James chapter 3, but we only got about halfway through what we are focusing on, this, this whole passage that really talks about the tongue. And so we looked through the first half this morning, and, and ag- again, James is really putting an emphasis on, on action. Uh, he, he really wants people not just to hear the words that are being said to them, but, but to do them. And so he's continuing this emphasis of action uh, on these instructions that he's giving to the church. So we pick up, uh, we left off, uh, we read through verse 6 this morning, so we're going to pick up in verse 7. James chapter 3, beginning in verse 7. It says, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. Forced from the same opening both fresh and salt water. Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. If we look back through all these different descriptors, uh, you know, this morning we looked at all these words that were used to describe the tongue, and there were a lot of negative. Uh, characteristics that were given to it. And even here, it, it doesn't come short of that. There's even more negative characteristics that we see about the tongue. And we see that uh, it's defined as a restless evil. It is, it is something that is filled with deadly poison. It's even compared to all of the dangerous creatures on earth. And it says, honestly, it's more dangerous than all of those things because every creature has at some in some capacity been tamed by man. But the tongue has not been tamed. No man can tame it. And then, in this passage, right after this, uh, I believe is one of the most true and yet one of the most upsetting statements that we can get from, from all of this. You see, James says that from the same mouth from the same mouth, we bless God and then we curse those that are made in His likeness. Which basically, you know, it means that we, we come here and we, we spend our, our Sundays together in worship and we're very careful only to, to say what is righteous and what is positive and what is uplifting and, and maybe we are even encouraged while we're together. And so we make, it this, uh, we make this our goal to continue that encouragement, to continue uh, that positive mindset and those positive words when we go beyond here. But then on other days as we continue to go throughout the week and, and maybe we, we lose that momentum, maybe we, we lose focus of that. And so on other days, and maybe even the same day, we grow angry at other people We say negative things and at times we allow emotion to control our tongue. And instead of using our own logic, instead of of thinking toward the, the blessings that we have just given God, instead we use that tongue to curse those that are made in His likeness. We curse other people around us. We speak poorly about the people that God created. We we hold God at such a high esteem, but yet His creation, we're we're okay with with really putting below us. And so that's that's what happens. And and when we do that, we continue to set fire to to all that God has created. And we just continue to allow that fire to to consume anything and everything. Everything. Peter, an apostle of Jesus, and of course uh, an apostle that we're pretty familiar with as as you read through the Gospels, Uh, Peter's usually there very close by to Jesus, and uh, of course we even see a lot of uh, words from him and a lot of interaction with him, but later on he of course writes uh, a few letters to the church. And very similar to how James writes these letters to the church that's kind of dispersed all throughout the area, uh, Peter uh, does the same thing. Uh, he writes to these people you know, throughout all these different locations, and, and he writes through these letters. And, and within that, he also makes it a point to talk about the relationships within the church. Now, in, in these letters, he, he talks a lot about relationships within families. He talks about husbands and wives, and he talks about uh, you know, parents and children, and he, he kind of goes through all these different dynamics. But one of the things that he focuses on is he also talks about the relationships and, and the interactions and, and all the people within the church. If you have your Bibles, uh, please turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. We'll look uh, at, a, at a passage here. But we see Peter kind of sharing all of this information and, and, and this emphasis on these relationships. And he actually ends up, in the passage that we're going to read, he actually ends up quoting a, a psalm that was written by David. And so we're going to look at this passage and we're going to see the psalm that's kind of within it. Uh, but I like to think of the fact that Peter is taking... Uh, this that we see in the Old Testament and then bringing it and then presenting it within a letter, it's almost kind of like there's a double stamp of approval. Like David uh, approves of this and now Peter's looking at it and he goes, oh, this is great. I need to use this for the church. And so we have both David and Peter uh, kind of bringing this message to us. Um, Beginning in, in verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 3, it says, Do not repay evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, uh, but on the contrary, bless for, t- for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. And then here is the, uh, the quote from the psalm that we see beginning in verse 10. It says, For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and... Do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So here we have uh, this passage, of course, originally written by David, then passed on and used by Peter in these letters to the church. This right here is something that we really need to know. Something that we really need to do. And at the end here, we, we see this emphasis on uh, a few different things that we are to try and do. Keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking deceit. And then these next two things I really want to, to focus on. The two things that he really gives us to, to emphasize on are to do good and to seek peace. To do good and to seek peace. Now, as James said in chapter 3, toward, uh, actually in chapter 1, uh, he even tells us, you know, uh, be doers and not just hearers of the word. Continue to do all of these good things. And so, uh, even from James, we have this emphasis on doing good. And then also to, to seek peace. This idea to, to look to create harmony and positivity in the relationships that we have. Uh, not contention, not, not negative feelings or actions or characteristics, but but Peace positivity. Now, how does this whole idea translate practically? Uh, Everything that that I presented to you this this morning and this afternoon, how how is there any way that we can actually take this and use this? Or really to kind of answer this question, what can I do to stop setting fires? And so I was thinking through all of this and the last thing that I wanted to do was just kind of be like, you know, no, don't, you know, don't do it and then, and then be done. I, I, didn't, I didn't just want to tell you not to do it. I wanted to figure out a way that I could almost help you think of ways for, for you to, to help with this idea. Ways that I could assist you w- with stopping yourself from, from setting fires or even help getting rid of the fires that you feel like are surrounding you and your life. So I've come up with three different things that I want us to, to look at and uh, three different actions that I want you to, to think about and, and hopefully take with you and use in, in your life. The first thing that I thought of, the... the uh, the first step or the first action that, that we can take here is to remove one negative. Um, we know what environment we are most likely to, to be in where we'll find ourselves in a situation to, to become negative. Um, we, we understand to a degree where we are the weakest. We know, uh, you know, whether that's going to be around a particular group of friends or whether that's when we're going to be at work or when we find ourselves, you know, reading and sharing things online or whether that's when we are at home. We know out of all of these different environments that we find ourselves in, we know which one uh, is really going to be the place where we are uh, our weakest where we are mostly susceptible to saying something that we shouldn't to to having uh, a mindset that is completely uh, f- as far as it could be from where we actually need to be and so if we're able to to locate that we can find this one place where we contribute negatively and we can find ways to to stop contributing in that way. Um, Really, this idea is to to quit lighting matches in the woods. Quit finding ourselves in the place where it's the easiest for things to to be set on fire and just stop setting those matches. Stop putting ourselves in these places where we find ourselves uh, contributing to this fire.
1: If something is going to affect us
0: negatively, then the correct reaction is simply to get rid of it. So the first thing to do is to, to remove one negative. Find a place where, where it's easy for us to, to contribute in a negative way, to say something that we shouldn't, to be discouraging, to be critical, and get rid of that. Make it a point in our lives to, to just stop saying that. The second thing that I, um, that I want us to do first is to remove one negative and uh, the, the flip side of that, number two, is to add one positive. This is honestly the most simple thing to do. Uh, because this can, this can be a prayer. This can be a card. It can be a, a verbal compliment. It can be a text. Um, there are so many ways that we can communicate with other people. And it's really sad when we have so many ways to communicate and to connect with others and we aren't using them in order to create positive interactions. It's so easy for us to, to simply find one place where we can contribute positively, where we can encourage other people and do it. Regardless of you know, what method that might be, it's so easy for us to add one positive thing to the life of, of somebody else. And we need to make sure that we are doing that. We need to make sure that we're making it a point in our lives to try and contribute positively to the lives of other people. The third thing that we need to do, of course the first, remove one negative, add one positive. And the final thing is going to be a little more complicated, but I think it's necessary. And that is to take inventory of our heart. Now, this morning we talked a lot about, uh, we even looked at uh, the passage in Matthew chapter 12 and and Jesus speaks and he basically says, uh, from out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um, Because we understand that what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what is in our heart. And if what is coming out of our mouth is is negative, if what's coming out of our mouth is is discouraging, is hurtful, um, is not at all what, what it needs to be, or not at all what Jesus would like for us to be sharing with other people, then obviously our heart is also not what it needs to be. And so if what comes out of our mouth is a reflection of what is in our heart, Do we need to start filtering what we allow into our heart? And that's really something that is going to take a lot of thought. It's not something we can go, yes, and this is how, or no, and this is why. It actually takes really thinking through the things that you allow into your life. As we take this inventory of our heart, we really think, well, what are the things that motivate me to to be the kind of person that I am, to say the kind of things that I say? And once we're able to identify those things, then we can see why exactly we are reacting or we are uh, speaking in the way that, that we do. And if we don't like what we say, we've simply got to change what we hear. If the things that are coming out of our mouth are not what they need to be, then we need to be hearing something much more positive. We need to be taking inventory of our heart. Remove one negative thing, add one positive thing, and take inventory of our heart. In this passage that we just looked through, again, we see this idea that that James brings us where he says, From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And after all of this, we see one of, those, one of those times where James is really instructing us. And after he says this, he, he then says, Brothers, this shouldn't be happening. The mouth that you have is blessing and cursing. It is saying both positive things and uplifting our God, but is also putting down those that He had created. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. Brothers, this should not be so. You see, we have to quit setting fires with the things that we say. We have to be able to understand that That our tongue, though it is just a small member of our body, it is capable of great things. It is capable of powerful things. It is capable of causing a a huge fire from, from one small flame. And we have to be able to continue to see what it is capable of. But in response to this, we have to keep ourselves from contributing to the negative, from continuing to allow these fires around us to set, or from stepping back and just allowing them to, to take place and doing nothing about it. In order for these fires to, to really, truly be put out, we have to do good. and We have to seek peace. Maybe this afternoon or maybe even this morning and, and during this time that we've had all together and, and leading up to this afternoon, you've really been, really been thinking through the things that, that you've been saying, just, just in general, just throughout your life, throughout this past week or month or year, and just kind of seeing that there is a disconnect between what you are saying and what you need to be saying. And maybe you feel like rather than showing people that there is a way to, to not set fires, that there is a way for us to completely avoid it altogether and find this new path toward Jesus, maybe instead you're realizing that you're just starting more fires and, and leading people to them. But you understand that there's a much better, much more positive way to live. Or maybe you're here this afternoon and... You haven't yet made the decision to put Christ on in baptism and to really start speaking to others about who Jesus is and what He has done for you. And you need to make that decision. Put on Christ in baptism and become a part of His church. And start receiving the encouragement that you need in encouraging other people. Whatever it might be, whether it be for prayers, encouragement, anything that our God can do for you, and anything that we can do to encourage you, uh, we ask that you come for now as we.